0: Hello, hello, hello. It's me. I was hiding. This is Angela Valenti Romeo. This is Colliding Worlds, And we're going to bring you another, I don't want to say interview. I'm going to say discussion. I like that word much better. And I'm bringing on our guest. And Ann Van Haney is with us. Um, she is, let's see, an actor, an improviser, a writer, a filmmaker, a director, a mom, chief cook and bottle washer. She does everything. Um, <laughs> Welcome to colliding Worlds. Thank you. Thanks. And and I want to, I want to, again, um, congratulate you on your recent award. Oh,
1: well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. This was at the Joshua honors in, um, <clears throat> excuse me in Joshua tree, California, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, my, uh, my husband and, and daughter got to do the red carpet with me, which is uh, always a fun thing. And uh, yeah, the High Desert Fringe Festival won an award for um, outstanding indoor theater event of
0: 2023. <laughs> you know, LA, you know, I I, I yeah. think it's kind of like a it's kind of like a cool little thing. I mean, what is the mm-hmm. festival? Uh, because it's it's not your mm, ordinary festival.
1: Oh yeah, so um, the High Desert Fringe Festival is a uh, theater, dance, improv, film, um, arts, uh, poetry reading kind of an event. So it's a fringe festival um, that Mary Hunter and I started back in 2018. Um, and uh, so it's a, it's a venue where people can present new works, um, experimental works, things that aren't like a, a you know, a regularly seen two hour production of, of guys and dolls or something like that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a place where we wanted, um, we wanted local theater uh, aficionados to be able to come together. We wanted to bring in people from around the world. And really, we have had people come in uh, from the, the high desert, from the Coachella Valley, uh, from other places in Southern California, and even uh, people from outside of the area and internationally to participate.
0: Yeah, you saw it as a, a, you saw the festival as filling a gap, because um, most festivals are either one thing or another. I mean, and Joshua Tree has a lot of things going on up there. The music festival mm-hmm. that Bernard English puts on—that's like amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. there's yeah. So much going on. Yeah, the, there, there's, um, I mean, there, you're right. There's the amazing music music festival that happens twice a year. There are the art tours that are epic, three weekends in October, um, you know, and they they go like the the whole span of the Morongo Basin. Um, and there are um, a few established theater companies, not as many as there were before the pandemic. Um, but there's not really, uh, aside from the High Desert Fringe, there's not a, a you know a, a venue for people to come together and present and enjoy all these different kinds of experimental theater and take classes we that's one of the things i love too is that we offer classes so with the admission um it includes access to all these wonderful seminars that you can pop into we've had things on how to how to uh how to tell your your biographic story um you know as, as in an entertaining artistic way all kinds of different improv workshops for grown-ups and for kids um and uh we we had a great one this past summer it was combining um Dance like ballet with um, with law because we had a we had a wonderful artist whose day job is being an attorney. That's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, it was incredible because the people who who went to her workshop choreographed a court case. Oh, I love it, it! So cool. <laughs> so yeah, we just wanted a, a place for people to be able to come together and experience these kinds of things, and also have it be low risk. Um, you know, with with money and time investment, because a lot with a lot of things, going to the theater is expensive. You of know, course. you you dress up, you hire a, a babysitter maybe, or a, or a pet sitter. Um, you pay for a fancy restaurant, you pay for parking, and then you're gonna pay for a good seat somewhere. So you want to make sure it's a show you really are gonna hopefully enjoy. Um, but that, you know, that is a valid way of going to theater, but that leaves out a lot of other opportunities to learn about things and experience different kinds of art that you might not think about otherwise.
0: The funny thing about when I lived in New York City was they were, you could buy tickets for, you know, whatever, they would have these kiosks mm-hmm. and you could buy last minute tickets. Oh and You yeah. could buy tickets to off, off, really far off Broadway. <laughs> and you know, what you were going to quite see um other people would get tickets for previews so, so you would see the play mm-hmm. and it would be like three hours long um <laughs> but then we make it to broadway it wouldn't be so bad but it was it was kind of cool when you went to the kind of the off off things because um mm-hmm. people, no holds barred Every, everybody was just kind of doing what whatever and it worked out yeah it was, it was kind of crazy but it was it but it was fun i think i think a festival like you're like fringe It gives people an opportunity to to have a taste of everything. Because um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you say dance or in, interpretive dance or improv, and people's perceptions are kind of all over the place. And mm-hmm. the thought of spending, you know, whatever, $80 for a ticket in the nosebleeds for something mm-hmm. you may not be able to see or hear is always, you know, <laughs> compelling. Um, yeah. And they, when is the next festival? Do you have um, we, next year? We, we don't have
1: a date for the next one yet, but it will likely be May of 2024. Uh, I, I don't have a date yet, though.
0: But then we but can find yeah. it on um, a website.
1: Yeah, um, the website is highdesertfringe.org. And that's H-I-D-E-S-E-R-T uh, for highdesertfringe.org.
0: how you know if somebody wants to participate uh, as an entry Mm -hmm. um, is it by category is it a flat fee i mean how does that work
1: um we've typically um had a a, a, an entry fee i think it's 20 or 25 bucks for new performers that's cool um yeah yeah and so that's the application fee and then um past performers we haven't charged an application fee for we try to keep everything very approachable and very affordable um because one of our things too is making sure that people um from the, the local community can participate um the morongo basin is a, a an economically depressed area um and there are a lot of seniors and and low-income people um you know on a, on a very fixed income but we wanted to make sure to to not have it be unapproachable you know you and it's it's been great to see people participating um you know some of our, our new filmmakers who participate are seniors um some of our our performers are people who never knew they were performers until they decided to give it a try and it's really neat to see that spark happen you know when when somebody gets excited and says oh wow i could come back and do this again yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you can i mean and you you hit on something you said some of your, your some of your participants are older. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of a funny thing when people think about the art and film and writing and acting and all that, they think it's a young person's game. But so many people yeah, come to that's... it later on.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking, too, on one of my one of my most favorite um, improv workshops that I've done at the Fringe. Um, well, OK, too. Um, one is is called Short Attention span Theater, and it's for kids because I feel like you've got to get kids inspired and interested in the arts. And so I do that on a, a Saturday morning. So instead of cartoons, um, kids get to do improv. But my other favorite workshop was one I did um, where it was just drop in like improv for non improvisers Just drop in and come and we'll see what happens. And the cool thing was that this at this particular workshop I gave, everybody who came was very shy about it, but they thought, well, I kind of want to try it and see what it's about. And there were a lot of, of people with limited mobility, um, people who who said, I want to do this, but I need to sit down. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so we ended up doing this whole workshop with everybody sitting down and people who um who never thought they would be improvisers including my mother <laughs> you know <laughs> they they had a great time and these people i could tell when they left they all left a little bit lighter and a little bit you know a little bit more um i, I want to say proud yeah and i was i was just so happy that i, I got to have that experience with them but yes it's, it's definitely not only a young person's
0: game that's kind of a cool thing I mean the the funny thing is is I laugh when people say oh you know oh I'm too old to do this you're only too old because you said it (laughs) you know because yeah but an improv is interesting because I think it's, I think it's the scariest form of art because you don't know what you're going to get. And, if, and I've taken you know, uh, improv classes where you, know, you start out where somebody says, they say one thing and you've got to build on it and it keeps going and going. You have no idea where it's going or where, or where it's going to end, but it's fun. And, and, yeah, it and I'm is. glad that you said senior because one of the things that happens is people in their head, they get old and mm-hmm. they don't do anything they they don't mobility is an issue um i used to teach biomechanics um mm-hmm. you have to move but you have to use your brain you have to be active and and, and improv doesn't it's just using your own imagination yeah
1: you know? yeah it's it's incredible and i've i mean i've done improv for a long time and i've done improv where people are jumping up on chairs or or you know getting down low and things. Um, but I've also done improv like that workshop I was talking about. but another ensemble I was part of um, was people of all ages, and one of our one of our members had to have hip surgery a few weeks before a show. And so again, <laughs> we just worked with it. you just you just roll with it and it was beautiful because for the show, um, she was using a um, a cane one of those canes with the four prongs on it oh you yeah know? yeah 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 and oh my gosh she worked that into everything it was hilarious <laughs> and it was it was just it what a gift you know like how can you, how else can you think of it but it was a beautiful gift to have that cane and all the different things she could do with it <laughs>
0: oh my gosh it's it's i have i have a friend who's blind and she's really funny because she's like mm-hmm. um yes i'm going to say it she goes i'm blind and she's like she'll like, <laughs> she'll like work it into it like if you you say something she doesn't like she throws it out at you like you know just because she can and and yeah it's she's just trying to diffuse a situation but i think yeah. that's kind of a cool thing i think the idea of a festival like that is interesting because it combines so many different disciplines and the arts are many disciplines that are all related and you you're working in actor improv writer filmmaker you you see how all of that kind of twists into into one one big thing Um, Mm -hmm. when you view it when you view yourself as an artist do you find yourself defining yourself as being an actor or do you just kind of fall under a general umbrella say well I'm an artist I'm a filmmaker whenever that entails
1: Wow um, hmm. when I when I identify myself I, I do tend to identify primarily as an actor but then I think as an actor um, you you have a lot more opportunities the more skills you have, um, you know, if you, if you can make films, you have an opportunity to make your own film, create your own content, invite people that you want to work with to work with you. Uh, so I'd say that the more, the more things you can add to your, your portfolio as an actor, you know, speaking different languages, doing improv, um, doing stage combat, doing anything that you love, um, dance, scuba diving, skydiving, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's it, if you bring all of those different things to the table and also to not put yourself just in the one box. I mean, sometimes I'm, I, yes, even though I'm an actor, sometimes on projects I make, I, I'm not the, the actor or the lead because it serves the project better for me to be the director or the producer or, or whatever part it is. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. So I guess in all of that, since I'm an actor and, I do all these other things, but it's to it's to facilitate opportunities to to act and play with people. I enjoy doing
0: those things with. Sometimes I think I saw the Barbie movie, and I have to say I really liked it. But when they get oh, their yeah. mugshots <laughs> and they and they hold up their little things that it says Barbie and it goes and Ken, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like artist and whatever, and, because it can just go on to be anything you want it to mm-hmm. be, and that's what's kind of cool. I thought it was funny you said uh, skydiving. A friend of mine did a movie a short where somebody skydives out of the plane and they play a game and they play. Okay. It. it was really wild. I'm like, I'm not so sure I would do this, but they were playing a board game.
1: And oh so, and
0: yeah, of course. I'm like, sure. Why is now what everybody does? You know, it's amazing <laughs> what you can do, but, but as a, you've been an actor, you are an actor, you've, you've done a number of films, you've done a number of short films as well. And um, you did a, mm-hmm. a bunch during the pandemic Um, Mm -hmm. with another group of people, I mean, mostly to keep your sanity, or keep your chops going, or what was the impetus for doing those short films during the pandemic?
1: Um, Well, uh, to not be bored, to keep, uh, well, yeah, during the pandemic, I I did a lot of different things with my husband and my daughter, because we were, we were sheltering in place together, and um you know part of it was to keep my sanity to keep um to keep moving forward as an artist um you you know you you have to to make you have to make your reality a good one whatever circumstances you're in and at a point you know for me i as much as i love watching movies and reading books how much more can you do Mm-hmm. and i mean i i did the whole thing of, of like making sourdough bread during quarantine and and walking my dog 5 miles everywhere it it was fun i got to know my neighborhood very well <laughs> but uh but um you know i felt the need to create and i i create a, a lot of things on on film and um it was it, it was another gift like i wouldn't have wanted a pandemic I wouldn't have wanted to be stuck at home but my gosh I was stuck at home with my husband and my daughter and our dog and why not make films together and some of the the different things we did were part of the the 48 hour film challenges and stuck at home film challenges and I love it. Uh, something yeah something I loved about those was that they would say don't go out and buy anything for this you you've only use what you've got at home use your neighborhood use wherever you're able to legally safely be right now and that was a really fun thing, and I, I was I was thinking back on that because a lot of things. Well, yeah, we filmed here at the house. I'm looking around the yard; you can't see, um, but you know, we filmed here at the house. We filmed in the. We have a five acre backyard of beautiful Joshua tree desert, and yeah, just filming like that. It, it was it was good to be innovative, and I I think that's something we forget too. You know, when we think, oh, I've got to have this big budget to do this big thing no you don't you don't.
0: no you really don't during the pandemic I was living alone so I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time cleaning my mailbox <laughs> It just like <laughs> my I, I had a little piece of paper that you put in front of so this has been you know yeah. like they do in the toilets this has been you know cleaned and sanitized for your protection and I was going mm-hmm. crazy I was painting and doing whatever but you you did yeah. you found yourself like looking at things differently you know and I fully appreciated Tom Hanks character when he was had the Wilson, the basketball or whatever, (laughs) but there are so many things. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you can do a lot with what you have. And when you're creative and as a short film or independent filmmaker, you, you got to (laughs) use what's in front of you. Yeah. I mean,
1: mean, uh, here's, here's a hilarious thing. So one of the, one of the film challenges was um, to create a mashup of two classic movies, uh, a trailer for one and um and we had a whole box of stuff that we had planned to donate to a thrift store but then the world shut down and so there was this box like sitting there in the garage of of clothes and stuff and one of the things that was in there was a darth vader costume that my that my daughter had outgrown a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and so we incorporated that into this short film of uh, i mean it was a little bit small on her but you can't you know in the in the in the short film we did you can't tell and so we did a mashup of star wars and clerks oh gosh and it was just it was so much fun it was just so much fun yeah
0: but it, during now you were working with your your husband and and your child and and that there's something bonding about working with your family and there's something like i work with my partner sometimes where i'm i'm directing him and there were times i really 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 <laughs> just want to, you know, kill him because it's like he's, you know, it's like, wait, and I have to sit there and go, you've got to listen to me because I'm the director, okay? No, no. And then it's like, you know, then, oh, it drives you crazy, but at the same time, it's kind of fun. Uh, What's it like working with the whole family, though?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Well, before the pandemic, so I should say, even before the pandemic, um, I do a lot of self-tape auditions and my husband is always my self-tape audition partner so he's he's um he's really great to work with with that because he doesn't try to to give me any of his input but if he thinks something's really off he'll say you know i really don't think that's what they meant but generally he's just nice and quiet and, and you know make sure everything's in focus the lighting's good and reads the script <laughs> so that's great um and also before the pandemic, my daughter had done um, some things with me and Sue Neal. Um, we had done some some different uh, pieces and she had played the little kid in, in those things. So we had all worked together in that way before, but we hadn't collaborated on something. And it, it was different. Um, but, you know, we all brought our different perspectives to the the projects that we did. Um, and we all, we all came up with ideas for different things. And it was really fun, but sometimes it was really aggravating to just uh, you know, um, just figure out who the leader was. And, and that was a good lesson too, was like when we're all, be, all trying to be collaborative, but figuring out who, who the leader is. I was just remembering on one of the short films we did, um, we, were, we were filming like uh, somebody driving in a car so my daughter's in the back seat in her car seat with the iPhone, like filming, <laughs> filming from the driver's perspective. It was great. It was great. You know, just give a kid a camera.
0: Here, here you go. I think it's great. I mean, but, but, wow. but it was kind of cool. But see, what happens is this. I I, I've said it 101 times I believe we're all born artists and they think when you're a child you're encouraged to do it as you get older you're discouraged from being an artist and and that's that's really a shame and yeah not everybody's going to be Picasso or Francis Ford Coppola but art is something you can do your entire life
1: yeah yeah and uh it's it's been so much fun. Um, my, my husband uh, is a sculptor and a visual artist mostly. And, um, and so between him and then me being an actor and, and all the other things that go along with that, my daughter has had uh, such a, a creative uh, childhood. and I am so glad about that. <laughs> you know she's she's explored all kinds of different um, performing and, and visual arts. Uh, With us, and she's oh my gosh, she's amazing. Uh, Well, of course I'm biased; she's my kid. But (laughs) but her passion, her passion now is making different kinds of costumes and masks. And so she will, you know, she'll mold things together to make masks. She made this beautiful Halloween costume, like painting fabric and things. And it's just really cool to see that all. And I know that's because of us saying be creative there there's no way you can fail as a as an artist
0: no and and you can't fail i mean when you're creating there's no right or wrong Mm -hmm. and so it's difficult to it is difficult to fail um i i think i think what happens is it's it bothers me it's always bothered me when they started doing cutbacks in school, one of the first things they cut was art and music and mm-hmm. exactly. never understood that since art, music, however you want to define it, combines so many different disciplines. There's science, there's math, mm-hmm. there's so many little things that go into it that it just seems silly to, yeah, to go and, by the wayside.
1: Oh yeah. And the collaborative skills that, that kids get when they're working on different kinds of, art you know being in school band or a a play or or even working on something in art class it's it's a shame that they don't get to do that like they used to
0: i miss i miss my i was friends with my sixth grade art teacher until she passed on about a year ago and and she was she was instrumental in more ways than she'll ever understand but Mm -hmm. it was it was just it was such a great just a great relationship and I um, mm-hmm. am literally is my sixth grade art teacher. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was just a, just a great deal to go to class there, you know, just to sit there. And um, I, I enjoyed the fact that you, when you went to class, you, you sat there, they gave you something. It was a blank piece of paper until you turned it into, into something more. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at acting and I look at filmmaking and I look at writing and it's a blank page until you step into it, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what that's what's kind of exciting. You you like said you've done many films, you, and there was one I wanted to ask you about. It was called oh, Starter sure. Family. You you wrote and yeah. I wrote and directed that with your husband. Yeah. How did that How did that come about? Um, that was another one of those uh, stuck at home film
1: challenges, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, again, we were using what we had um and the the starter is sourdough starter. Yep. So it it was uh yeah, it was just kind of a a send up of like all the different things you hear because honestly before before the the shutdown I had never made sourdough. I thought it was this big complicated thing because you hear about how you have to feed the sourdough and you have to and I'm just going I don't want to eat something that I have to feed that's supposed <laughs> to be a bread. That's just creepy. Um you know, but during quarantine, like, all, like everybody over we like, well, I got time on my hands, I guess I better figure out this sourdough thing. Um, but then it, it was it was just fun to do this. So really, we just filmed with what we had in the kitchen, you know.
0: <laughs> sourdough cracks me up because I had a friend who made sourdough. And he's like, oh, my God, my starter is 20 years old. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like the same,, can I just go to the store and buy it? I'm like,' no, this is not good. but there's such a, yeah. there's such a cult around sourdough bread that that's what I thought was funny about it. It was like you <laughs> the, the neuroses of sourdough bread,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, you and again, even still, I mean, now that i've now that I've been making sourdough for going on four years now, i I mean, i I'm confident enough to just to shut out the noise. But when I see people explaining it, even now, I'm just going, it doesn't have to be like that, you know? And when I, when I give it to people, I say, here's a little bit of the sourdough starter. You add a little bit of flour, you add a little bit of water, let it sit on your counter and do its thing. And, and, but I mean, it's, it, but there, there are people who are like, you have to add five micrograms of this and it has to be screen filtered, blah, 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 blah. I'm going, you know what? At the end of the day, if you do it right, you're going to get a loaf of bread either way.
0: Either way. <laughs> I, know, I, used to, I used to listen to people. And it cracked me up. I used to say sourdough people like, oh, my God. And then the other thing that ran through my heart, mind, there was that movie, Mr. Dietz Buys a House. I think it is. It's an old movie from the oh yeah. 50s. And she wants to uh-huh. paint the wall yeah and she's talking to the painter and she's like I want I, I wanted to suggest any other shade and she goes on and on and on and she leaves in the painter goes white it's like yeah complicating it you know it's yeah. I, th- I thought that was like I said I saw that and it was like that's hysterical because I listen to those people and they drive me crazy sometimes it's like yeah. oh no you yeah. can't oh <laughs> okay <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know i don't know pandemics over strikes over writers guilds back to work actors are back to work yes what do you think is going to happen in that new paradigm um now that the strikes are over and we're and basically they're saying when i talk to some of the studios they're saying that their strike calendar put them out until june oh i
1: i yeah, yeah. I've heard the earliest that a lot of productions are going to be able to start back is January. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to see the final details. Um, as of today, it's November tenth, and as of today, I haven't seen the details yet because they're they're still being finalized, and and the I guess the National SAG Afterboard has to vote to approve the terms. Uh, but I want to see what's what the specifics are about protections for actors wi- working with AI. I want to see what the what the deals are for the different rates because it says that these are historic rates that haven't gone up so increman- so incrementally in like 30 years or something. So I, I want to see
0: this. Show me, please. <laughs> show, show, show me the money. Yeah, I, I rem- and
1: there, oh, there was something about the pensions. I mean, there's, well, it was, it yeah, was there's interesting. a lot of different things. The yeah. pensions
0: I found interesting. When mm-hmm. Ed Asner was alive, he was really vocal about that they wanted to not include your residuals. It's mm. counting towards your pension. And he's like, well, wait a minute. I worked decades. And now my retirement is my residuals and how can mm-hmm. that not count towards my, my health insurance? And, you know, there are yeah. all kinds of things. And then I, I, I'm interested to see how the AI comes in um, mm-hmm. and how that's going to be. But I look, I'm also looking at it. Um, you're an independent filmmaker as well mm-hmm. as a SAG union. I'm SAG and an independent filmmaker because there's going to be such a big gap between the studio production's getting up and running and like I said the the last summit I was at about a week ago they were all saying their their strike calendars were out until June as an independent filmmaker do you see this as an opportunity for you to get get your work out there and, and promote it or you know I mean is it, and we, you've got to remember now the streamers now or that's the other part of this whole yeah. equation was the streamers yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think independent filmmakers um, always have, you know, one of the another one of these gifts that you didn't really want. But when you're on a when you're on a tiny budget and you don't have a lot of of, of people and different moving parts, um, you do have the the flexibility to get something going. Um, You know, if I if I wanted to get a a film started in production, um, I could I could easily do so in under a month. Um, depending on the scope of it and i could get waivers and and things like that for for different union actors to participate i could do that right now um i could make a film next weekend i you know um and uh yeah uh, trying to get distribution for it i think that's that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that goes uh, with the streamers and i'm, I'm really inc- interested to see what their plan for the residual compensation is uh, going forward, and and how that's going to work with the streaming services too.
0: I, I'm I'm looking forward to that because they had the same problem in the music business with the satellite radio because it's not terrestrial mm-hmm. and they were not paying royalties. Oh, and, and it was a whole big thing. And with the streamers right now, um, I if you to me it seems like it, it could be an opportunity. But it's like being on TikTok or YouTube. How do you get heard above the noise? Mm-hmm. And being great and being good doesn't always win. Um, sometimes I look at what rises to the top and I, I scratch my head. And I go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's where I, I wonder, you know, um, how do you get above the noise as an independent? mean, um, there's festivals. Yeah. Around, but You've got limited runs on that. Right, right.
1: And then, you know, the other thing, too, is how much how much time and money can you invest into going around on the festival circuit and hoping that you bought the lottery ticket to the right festival? Um, And I, I think one of the most powerful things that that I don't know if we harness this enough, but it's just word of mouth. Because if I tell you, I watched this amazing thing the other night and it's just this tiny little budget thing, but it really appealed to me because the performances were so heartfelt. I mean, you're a lot more likely to ask me about that and maybe check it out. And then if you like it, tell your friends. Then, you know, if I if I send 50 postcards about this movie to you, just, and I think that the word of mouth thing is, is going to have even more impact now. That's how I feel like you cut through the noise. Um, it, it is, you know, a little more intensive in doing the legwork and actually talking to people, but. I I feel like for the time and money invested, it's a lot more effective.
0: Social media is, is an interesting thing. You know, it's in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that old, but Mm -hmm. it's certainly become, I've worked with authors and musicians. And the first thing that um, someone would ask is, well, how many Twitter followers do you have? You know, now it's X or whatever. It was, Mm -hmm. it was all about social media. Um, And, and I agree with you, the word of mouth is important, but, Again, the hard part I have with it is sometimes, what's really not very good gets all the attention. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, and that's frustrating. I mean, one of the issues I had with the initial strike a few years ago—remember the big writer strike—and nothing was happening. Yeah, it, it birthed mm-hmm. all of this reality television, and. Mm-hmm. I'm not, a, and I've said it, I will say it again, I am not a big fan of the Kardashians or the Housewives or whatever yeah, they happen yeah. to be this week, but they mm-hmm. were cheap to produce. There were no residuals and it, you didn't need a writer. Mm-hmm. You just let them go. And it it really created a congestion that was hard to break out. Um, I'm, I get scared sometimes with this strike, the writer strike following with the this big gap between that and the actor strike would it birth more of the same you know how many more game shows do we need right <laughs> you know and and I laugh because if you watch if you're if you're an actor and you look at some of the uh, uh, casting calls they're for actors to be on game shows <laughs> you know it's like
1: oh yeah yeah and the, the funny thing too is they'll say well, we want you to, you know, they they put this on like Actors Access or casting networks. We want you to be on a game show. But then when you go to apply for the game show, they say, don't tell them you're an actor. Tell them everything no. else you do, but don't say you're an actor.
0: Yeah, they, yeah you, you, you can be the queen of the world, but don't tell them that. Yeah, I think it's, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I worry yeah, about that I, a little bit. Yeah, you know. and
1: I, I wonder... Um, So with, I I feel like a lot of people are burnt out on the reality TV genre now because it's so unreal. You know, it's not following around people who live in any kind of normal circumstance going about any kind of normal daily life. It's so unreal and staged. And uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's really into that anymore. Um, But what is going to replace it? I agree with you. The game show is played out. Um, I don't know. Even talk shows, you know, talk shows are, are kind of over, in a way too. So, what is going to be next? While they're they're putting together the the next um, seasons of things, um, I, I do think there's there's definitely uh, been a, a big um, uptick in um, foreign films and foreign series getting some recognition. Uh, because they, you know, if they weren't SAG or they weren't WGA, they didn't have to abide by the strike. But also the the content was all re- already created and people just weren't giving it as much of a look like in Netflix and whatnot. And now, um, I mean, for me, whenever I turn on Netflix, now I'm seeing you may like all these different series from around the world. I'm going, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it opened up. Um, it, there's that gap where I think documentary, short film, um, things like that will will get more noticed because short film, mm-hmm. frankly, you and I both know, if you're not watching a short film festival, you rarely see a short film unless it happens to you know find its way to TikTok or become part of a you know yeah. an anthology yeah. of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I wonder like that and like you say, I look at. Some of the work that you have in these short films and it seems like now is a prime opportunity for someone like you to to hit these to the hit the streamers. Um, Amazon Prime is probably the easiest right now. I mean, Netflix is Mm -hmm. nearly impossible to get on to Apple TV. Apple TV. <laughs> it's like, I might as well go to Film Hub. Um, although I did recently speak to someone who did did use Film Hub very successfully and was able to oh. get his project. He said it was worth it. He got his project up and it's now around mm-hmm. the world. And it's on a lot of the free streaming platforms like Tubi and Freeze and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see something like that opening up for the short film world?
1: Oh my gosh, I I would love for that to happen. Um, Yeah, I agree with you about the the inaccessibility of short films. I remember years and years ago, I helped uh, one of my friends make a short film that he was he was using to have as his portfolio um, centerpiece to apply to film school, and um, and you know the only way to see it was to go like buy a ticket at a short film fest kind of a thing like one of the local movie theaters was having. Two hours of short films. So I bought the ticket and I went and saw my friend's short film, and yeah, that was it. Um, So having more accessibility to it and having it appreciated as more of a genre would be great too. Because you know we've got like the the short little things on TikTok, and then we have a a few more short things on um, on YouTube. But just really having a place where you could go and, and watch shorts would be amazing, and having people talk about how it's such a a great art form and like you know for for performers and for for writers i mean to create this whole universe in under five minutes is a a really amazing thing
0: for those of you who aren't writers it's like a short a, a half hour series is probably 24 to 30 pages and a movie is Mm-hmm. 88 to 110 pages. A short film, you're talking five pages, basically, five to ten mm-hmm. pages at most. And mm-hmm. you've got to tell a story. There's it, it's not as easy as a writer, you've got to start in the middle. As an actor, you've already kind of come in with your own backstory to it. So mm-hmm. it's not as simple as people wanna think. And I, I kind of miss when Liana Bonamici was, God rest her soul, she had the short film showcase on PBS for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the only places where you could actually go and watch a short film without having to go to a theater. And, mm-hmm. and theaters, I don't know, when I was a little kid, you'd go to a double feature and there would be maybe a short <laughs> film between the two big movies, but mm-hmm. it really wasn't an opportunity to, to see some of these things. And
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, something I do love
1: is, um, now the, the major newspapers like the New York Times and the LA Times have both gotten into making short films. And they've, they've uh, been Oscar contenders and Oscar winners, but at least they uh, you know during the, the award season, they show the short films that they've made on their websites and it's, it's great. They're really quality films and it's so nice that they're doing that. And they also have their, um, their short docs uh, that they put on their websites too. Um, but, you know, the three to five pages also reminded me about sketch comedy, because um, I I love writing sketch comedy, writing and performing sketch comedy, partly because, yeah, you've got to get this whole thing out there and have the whole story and have it zing, like in three to five pages, <laughs> you just get to it, what's the essence of it, but it helps, um, for me, it helps me to, to make a more disciplined um approach to uh to writing and performing in a full-length thing too you know how what what's the essence of this how do you get there and uh yeah it's it's been really good for reframing how i think about that
0: i think that's a good that's mm-hmm. a great way of looking at it i think I, I, again what people i think some people think you're an actor they give you a script you walk out you read the words and that's it and it's it's not i mean you're going to get people mm-hmm. you know some people take it to extremes in their acting and they become the part and whatever they that they they do when, and that makes for a good actor. It doesn't always make for a great actor, but it's not as simple as going in and reading the words. And, oh, and I, no. think, <laughs> I wish people understood that.
1: They <laughs> think you get the script, you go in and read the words and go out to your Mercedes and go home to your mansion with your swimming pool.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Where's that? Where's mine? I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's there's there's a definite there's a love for what you do and and i think uh, the short film is something that and it's going to sound silly but it doesn't it gets a short rift it doesn't get it doesn't get recognized for for truly the art form that it is a cartoon animation that's a short has got more respect i think than than sometimes a short film
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: and you've done some, you, well, you've done some really, I, I, I kind of like start family and how to cook an egg. Um, oh, I, thanks. but then you, and it's a good learning skill. Um, it keeps you sharp. Now you're also doing other things. You've gotten a grant to do, um, short, almost like a short film, um, on a medical basis. Um, um yeah, so
1: that's, that's for a, a performance, a live performance, um, the the uh, ta- the town council oh I want to say this right uh, the city of twenty yes the city of twenty nine palms um, gave me and Mary Hunter a grant um, to perform a live show uh, in April of 2024 and it's going to be about um, recovering uh, going through going through uh, health crises and recovering and living your life using art and um, being a creative person. Um, So Miri and I are both performers um, and and writers and and, and everything else. Um, She's the the co-founder and co-producer of the Fringe Festival. And uh, yeah, and we both had health crises in the past few years. Um, So she's gonna be talking about um, going through, um, finding out she had ovarian cancer and uh, surviving and thriving. And I'm gonna be talking about um, finding out I had breast cancer and uh getting from there to here
0: you <laughs> no, and, and, and during quite and
1: interesting time. and hopefully a little bit entertaining
0: <laughs> well one of the things i did and and how i got really became a, an ann fan when you were going through all of that and i'm going to post mm-hmm. a photo here you never hid you you never you never hid from the fact that there was something going on with you and mm-hmm. And, and you would post whatever was going on. And I I found that to be I brave is not the right word, but it was admirable because some people gave up, give up. And and I think I told you I um my sister was going through it at the same time. And I would be like, Well, look what she's doing. Look, you know, it's yeah. not not the end. You can do this. And to me, yeah. I thought that was you, you must have you must have conjured up all those things that you that you love being an actor being a writer you know and and to put it out there and and to not be afraid i mean that photo i mean you you clearly had very little hair some people would have (laughs) donned a wig or put on a scarf or or done something and it was like nope it was like screw it this is me here i am i'm going forward
1: yeah well you know I, i i will say cancer Um, you, you have no idea how you're going to feel about it until you're dealing with it. And so whatever someone is feeling is, is absolutely valid and right for them. Um, and I, I will say I've cried, I've freaked out, I've cried, I have freaked out. And I mean, I, I, I have, but that's not where I wanted to dwell. And also when I started going through this, I'm going, this isn't like the brochures, you know, (laughs) like you see these silly brochures with the little pink ribbon and the lady in her, her scarf. And, and, you know, so you get the sense that she's going through chemo and then the next day she's in her garden planting strawberries and everything's fine. That's that's not how it works. And I'm just going, I don't want to be any false advertising. And I will say I did get a wig, at the beginning of all of this because i didn't know i didn't know what i was going to want to do i didn't know if i was going to be a wig lady or a scarf lady or or one of the beanies i'm not a beanie lady the beanies made me look like i was wearing a condom and And plus it's southern california it's hot it's hot If if you're wearing a wig or a scarf or a beanie and, you know, with all the medicine you're taking, I mean, I was going through hot flashes, the medicine I, I ended up t- having to take put me into menopause like that, you know, and so like all the normal hot flashes and everything were all like concentrated. Ugh. And so I'm just going, no, I'm not doing the wig. And and also I, I also thought cancer, like whenever whenever we hear about cancer, we think about somebody like dying right away or something and And, and, you know, having that, that pink mysterious scarf, I'm going, no, I'm not going to give cancer any more mystery. I want to, I want to share this and pull back the curtain because if, if any of my friends ever have to go through this, I want them to see it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not amazing fun, but it's not the end of the world. And I I want, I, I feel like by taking the unknown out of it, it takes a lot of the fear out of it too because
0: I was petrified. It's it's one of those things that, you know, when people say it's always in a whisper, oh, did you hear so, so, whisper? it's like, yeah. what, you know, what, 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 what was it? And it's, it, it's like, oh, it, it almost makes like, you know, when I was a kid and you would hear it, was like that person did something wrong,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: Well, since it wouldn't have happened to them, what did they do that was so horrible? And 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 it's it's just not like that. Do you do you see that the this performance that you that'll be coming up in the spring, um, is it going to be like this? Like you know, yes, yeah, yes. I, I was thinking this is what happened, and
1: yeah, and I I will say too the other uh, you know one of the other reasons that I uh, I put out funny pictures and things during all of it is because when I get stressed out I default to humor, like just that's where it goes um <laughs> and so i i'm hoping to to bring some of that levity to it as well um in in this show that that i'm going to be doing in april um because i also feel like humor helps to diffuse a situation and humor also helps people to learn and i also i also want to get a message out to healthcare providers about you know, even in, in 2021 to 2023, how we talk about cancer, how we talk about what we're, what you're going through and stuff. And I mean, it, you know, it's, it's crazy. If you can find a nurse who's been through cancer, she will be your best ally ever. <laughs> <laughs> because she knows and I shouldn't just say she but you know when you have breast cancer and you meet another nurse who's been through breast cancer
0: it's like oh yes you get it okay you know <laughs> I don't have to explain it to you do you know where the you do you have the dates for the performances or are they still um
1: gosh I don't yet I know it's going to be in 29 columns and I think it's going to be like April
0: 24th well, uh, we'll find I have April it. posted as April, well
1: maybe it's april i think it's going to be the weekend of april 20th and 21st um but i'll i'll share the uh the venue info info with you sure for you will and, we'll,
0: and yeah. will they be filming it for for
1: broadway uh, you know what we hadn't uh, i don't think we had determined that but i i think that would be a great thing to have it filmed especially since it's it's going to be a, a resource for people um facing those kinds of situations yeah
0: I think any kind of situation where someone has gone through something and come out the other end, you know, and can say, look, the journey sucks, but here I am. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 motivating. It's motivating whether you're, you know, th- people suffer from all kinds of things and they, sometimes they run to comedy, sometimes they hide in a book, but it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's just knowing you're not the only one. Who, yeah,
1: you know? yeah yeah and that that's a good point too and i i've met a lot of really amazing people um, one of my neighbors was the first person i thought about because she's uh she's a mom our our daughters are the same age they went to preschool together and uh and i i saw when she was going through chemo and things and still she was bringing her daughter to, to preschool with a smile on her face and she's somebody who absolutely inspired me um you know and she's she's still kicking ass and and um yeah and i i hope i hope other people who are are facing a similar circumstance will absolutely know they're not alone and and um yeah and to have someone that you can ask questions of during all of this is so important and As much as I roll my eyes at some social media, there are some amazing groups um, for women going through breast cancer, people going through any kind of health condition. There are groups and the people that I've met have been so, so sweet and helpful. And yeah, just knowing you're not alone. 'Cause when you when you're facing all these things and you're seeing all these terms, you do feel like you're the only person who's ever had to <laughs> make this decision.
0: Oh, it's yeah. I know for a while when I was doing personal training, I was specializing um in biomechanics, older people, but people with mm-hmm. cancer, because sometimes they would just stop exercising. Mm-hmm. And and so we were um, you know, I had to come up with programs for people who were uh, breast cancer survivors who had mastectomies or had prostate cancer, because the way you would do an exercise is different depending on w- w- what it was. But it was, it was just watching people, f- you know, f- feel like they were normal mm-hmm. um, in a time when they weren't normal. And I, I'm really hoping that the show gets filmed because something tells me to have like two performances is just not going to be enough. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You know you're not you're yeah. not going to reach you're not going to reach the audience that is mm-hmm. deserving to hear it. Um and it's I think it's a, I think it's I think it's going to be very I want you to tell us when we do it so we can get it out there. I also Yeah, I will. <laughs> I think that I think that when you're doing something like this you said your your default when things was to comedy. Um some yeah. people go to horror movies, some people go to comedy. Um why comedy was it just because it you needed to laugh or you needed a diversion. What was it about comedy as opposed to sourdough bread? that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, just in in my lifetime, um, you know, whenever, whenever um, something sad or or stressful or tragic has happened, my mind just goes to the funny and it's totally inappropriate. And I usually don't share it with people, uh, but you know, um, I mean, an example of this is when one of my, uh, one of my sisters died, um, in 1991. And immediately I was thinking of funny things and I'm going, this is not the time I will, I will, you know, talk to her in my heart and share these funny things with her, but it's not the time. Um, but, um, yeah, but, you know, finding the funny, there's a lot of hilarious stuff in cancer treatment. I mean, here's an example when you're, when you're getting diagnosed and poked and prodded and everything with breast cancer, you have to do a breast MRI. So you lay on the table in the MRI and go into the MRI tube, and they put your boobs in these things that look like salad bowls. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're there trying not to move, and they're injecting dye, and you're trying not to move, and everything's hanging down into these salad bowls. And <laughs> I don't know, just thinking about things like that, or, or like the... I remember when I was going in for my mastectomy surgery and my gown had started slipping down and this attendant walked by, and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't want to give everybody a free show. <laughs> I'm going, Why not? It's their last hurrah. <laughs> They're not going to be here in a couple hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, you
0: know, I, 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 it's, it's, some people see humor. I had a friend who passed on. He had ALS. And um he was instrumental in the right to to, to choose. And so his final post on Facebook it was typical Max was that he 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 was a jokester and he he told everybody you know whatever it was his goodbyes and he and he, he goes I'm going to leave you with this parting question. And it was what's the difference between an Irish wake and an Irish wedding? What? One less drunk. Oh <laughs> and he said, "Love Max. and that was that was his parting to everybody. He left you with a smile. He diffused yeah. something, you know, something that was hard and gave people yeah. you know that oh, that relief that it's okay. Um, I, I I you know it, it's funny how people they go to different things and what they do. Um, I'm a writer. and uh, things get bad for me. I go to my hole, I write, and then I come out, you know, and mm-hmm. but I'm glad that you chose humor. Um, <laughs> i'm glad and i and i and i like i say i I want to have like something where they can get together all these short films of different people and really maybe make an anthology you know remember like night gallery there were like four of them and, yeah and, right you know yeah. it, or it was that movie of the week or whatever or whatever it was it was like mm-hmm. two of them together it would it would be great because there's there's a definite art and the skill to writing a short as opposed to a novel, as opposed to a feature, you don't have time. Mm -hmm. You don't have that luxury. And and I I think it's kind of cool. I also think it's cool that you have a festival that allows people who are kind of on the fringe to, to, to participate. And Mm -hmm. um, what was that um, website again for anybody who wants to follow up with it? Sure.
1: It's high desert fringe. And that's H I desert D-E-S-E-R-T fringe f-r-i-n-g-e dot
0: org don't spell dessert it's desert not dessert mm-hmm. oh that's my favorite i spelled it oh i know you didn't <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just look at things and i go okay but you know yeah. I, and i and i'm i'm really glad that you and your family did these shorts because it, it was a great way to spend the pandemic um, yeah,
1: I, I think we need to do them again. Yeah, yeah. maybe but, that could be know, another film
0: ago, festival.
1: It could be. You know, years ago, I knew a guy whose family got got together at Thanksgiving um, and made a short film. That oh. was their thing every year. Is they would make a short film as a family over Thanksgiving weekend, and um, I just thought that was a, a really neat tradition. So maybe I, I need to make that my family's tradition.
0: I think that's kind of cool. I and mean, gosh, those old home movies. Oh. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they just got everybody at the house involved in making a short film over the long weekend and what a what a great way to bond. <laughs> can you just see all
0: the construction paper now? <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> like, I know.
0: My mother was a crafter so there was always stuff all over the place, you know. But yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that would that would be really funny. I think it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to thank you for spending the time with us and I I don't know there seems like there's like much more to talk about um (laughs) what did we miss what didn't we cover in our randomness today
1: (laughs) oh I don't know there's a whole lifetime of experience but uh but it's been really fun talking with you
0: (laughs) well we're gonna do it again because you know we're gonna have to follow up with uh with the performance in April and we'll have to follow up with the festival again. We'll have to figure this all out. And then we're going to have to conquer the world and find a way to get short films. Yeah, the recognition yeah. that they're due. Um, I'm, I'm finding it much more difficult to write a short than I am writing a feature.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. It's well, really crazy. Yeah. it's a, it is a, a good challenge though.
0: I love it. I love a good challenge. And <laughs> so do you, apparently. I mean yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I thank you. I thank you for every bit of your time. I thank you for making me laugh on on Facebook. Um, sure. I, I really, really did enjoy it. And, and again, um, congratulations on, oh, on, on your you. award. It's a great family <laughs> photo. Everybody, look, <laughs> everybody looks so proud and happy. And, and, and that was before the award ceremony, so we didn't know who was going to win. But, uh, but you were nominated, yeah. right? And that's, yeah, we were nominated. What they, yeah. What did
1: they tell you? That's like half the battle, you know? Yeah, yeah. This was our second year being nominated, too. So that was really nice. And to, to win is just a, a really sweet thing. Uh, to, and it, it was a, a, an award from the local community. So it's really, really special to be recognized by the artists in the local community.
0: And there's a thriving art community in Joshua Tree. I've done, I've done the art tour. I've interviewed a lot of those artists. Um, there's a lot up there when you scratch the surface. And I like the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, your festival lets lets everybody who's kind of, you know, up there for whatever reason, a chance to participate. Um, yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's not easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And you've got lots of things <laughs> going on because you got all different things, you know. But yeah. I am... I'm looking forward to seeing some of these. And um, I think, I think starter family really needs to have a broader audience <laughs> Send it to the cooking channel. <laughs> I think they might get a kick out of it, but yeah, again, thank, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, yeah, I cool hope you that. had a good time. I know I did. Oh, it was it
1: was really fun talking with you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna do it again. Um, this yeah. has been colliding worlds. This is not the last time you're gonna see her face, and you're definitely gonna see mine again. Lucky you, but we're gonna have Anne back. We're gonna talk about more. Seriously, short film, don't dismiss them. Live performance, don't dismiss it. Art for crying out loud. It's math, science, you name it. It's all in there. Pick up a book and read and then go draw a picture or write a movie or do something. But d- mm-hmm. d- don't let the arts just disappear because that's what they tell you has to happen because it doesn't. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. It's been Colliding Worlds. Thank you so much.